We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Good. All right, thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network. Where the purpose of the podcast, like I always say, is to make me money. I say that uh, because we're being transparent and authentic. And you can't believe in the East of Bunny and Santa Claus and be good at sports betting. We can't believe in the lies and the fantasies we're told, right? We were told that Adam Schiffner was a legitimate journalist. Now we know he runs out, he runs every story by uh, Roger Goodell and general managers in the league. Now, if we get some information for some people we know on Facebook, some players in the league, and we say it on the podcast, we don't run it before them. We have, even though I do have a journalism background, Corner Institute in Media Studies, we are direct and honest. Because in my case, I have to be. The other guys on the podcast don't have a legal responsibility to do so, but they are. I have a legal responsibility. I'm a fiduciary. I got an MBA. I have securities licenses. That means that I have to protect the public, right? That is my job. But I do it through sports betting by teaching you business and financial concepts that hits three levels. You make money now. So the second you hear something from our voice, you can act upon it. You can go on, the, on, your, on your app, on your phone. You can talk to so-and-so. You can talk to your business partner. You can either use the business or financial concept, or you can do an actionable step to monetize the information. To that end, we're very transparent. Uh, what we post on Twitter is really a prospectus, like what people file with the uh, SEC not the Southeastern Conference, the Securities and Exchange Commission, all right? So that's the purpose of the podcast in a nutshell. But you have to have outcomes. If you're legit, what results do you have? My mom, they would have called uh, protective services and arrested her because when I was in high school, my mom would say, well, you didn't get results. You didn't get a catering job, a cleaning job. You're sleeping out on the lawn. <laughs> so I'll be sleeping on the lawn, but I live in a nice suburban uh, neighborhood, the neighbors would come pick me up and I would sleep there. <laughs> have better dinner. But you have to have results, right? So what are the results of the podcast? Last two years, we've been 65%. So you've made 10 times more money than you did before. What have you done for me lately? This year has been an odd year. It's been very strange, but we've been very consistent. We're 7 and 0 with profit every week and we're on the podcast 25 straight weeks of profit so i know some people have been doing this uh listen to the old podcast maybe a podcast from a year ago where you're not uh distracted by the outcome or potential outcome learn the whys the methodologies because really it comes from my MBA. You're getting a free MBA uh, that a guy that owns options firms, he said that the podcast has better information than if you paid uh, $200,000 to get an MBA from Ward because it's practical stuff. 
in the last 30 years, I've been blessed enough to own three businesses and been married for 18 years to a successful psychotherapist. All right. So those are the whys of the podcast, the purpose of the, and the outcome, which every meeting should have. Another element that every meeting should have is that if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. And you have to have a diverse room. And it doesn't mean gender, disability, race. Uh, sometimes it has to do with region or has to do really with having an open mind and listening. That's why God gave you or the universe or whatever you believe in, evolution gave you two ears and one mouth. Or the people that evolved were the ones that used their two ears and one mouth, right? So we have from New England, uh, Scott Cope, and he brings diversity to you because he's a fantasy expert. Yep, certainly am. Uh, this has been a great run for us. I mean, seven, seven straight weeks of uh, consistent profit. Um, this is my first Hawthorne Effect podcast, so I'm happy to be here. So looking forward to it. Right. He saw us last week. And he said, man, this makes money, right? Every process makes money. And what the Hawthorne Effect is, is that whatever you track and measure, right? It's been studies been done really for 100 years. But uh, whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. In football, they call it self-scouting, right? On the bye week, you do self-scouting. Uh, in the off-season, college programs do that. They bring in consultants to study what's wrong with the program. We are uh, middle-class folks who have to make mon monetize this. Uh, Scott and I are married, so we have to make money off this to justify the time in avoiding uh, Lifetime movies or uh, uh, Hallmark movies about the independent businesswoman who needs to find love with a widowed guy and they're snowed in, right? That's the nutshell of a Hallmark movie, right? So exactly. to avoid that <laughs> and to make money watching games, you do the Hawthorne effect. And you say, well, why doesn't everybody do that? It's because father knows best, right? Males are supposed to have all the answers. We're supposed to be tough, not cry, but you have to confront your feelings, feelings that will make you cry, feelings of humiliation, of stupidity. All right, that, that was a dumb pick. And you pick the wise. You have to go through all those emotions. You have to confront them to get to the other side. They're saying right now that 80% of people who are in jail are because of unresolved feelings. Now, there's that horrible stuff, right? They were born in a drug family and the, the father was beating the mom. So they have to confront those feelings, go through those horrible feelings to get to the other side. You have to do it with all things sports betting. You have to do it in everything, but you have to do it in sports betting because it makes you money. It increases your percentage uh, up to 80% because uh, we're specific. And I got them in the episode notes. We use arbitrage. We use return to the mean. We use statistics. Right there, that book, gold and red book, decision science used by Fortune 500 companies, Google. Every, we, we use that to make picks, right? They're tools in our tool belts to make picks, but they're the same ones you use to evaluate a company, to evaluate an investment, a business partner, same part of the decision-making process. You identify the problem, you eliminate variables and co-variables, you use math, then you rigorously use logic to get to the answer for the highest level probability theory is 80%. You want to get to 80% as much as possible, or 
What are your first words about the Hawthorne effect, Chad? Uh, this is my favorite one of the week. I'm glad we got Scott here. Uh, now this is where we get to really evaluate what we did and, uh, and learn from our mistakes and uh, keep keep the profit coming week every week and uh, try to get up there to 80%. You know, that's our goal, like you said. Right, 80% is the goal. And we're at 62.5. Last year's, we've been around 65%. Uh, in the last, I'd say, 13 years, there were years where some, with now looking back on it, there's some strange stuff going on that able to get a higher percentage. But now with communications, with uh, either Line Institute or William Hill making the lines, and then, or supercomputers making the lines. Depends on where you go, but it's funny how they get to about the same result, a little different. We take advantage of all of them. So the highest you can get is 80%. Uh, I really, my wife's a psychotherapist, right? She's the one with the information, but it's my opinion that if you're getting like 90%, uh, you got to check your life balance <laughs> just you're not paying attention to your family your kids nothing all you're doing is going over games and reports and stuff which you know anything to excess is bad food money whatever it is is bad so 80 percent is about the top that i think is healthy but you make a lot of money you know i paid for vacations uh every single trip i've been to vegas the last 10 years has been fully funded by betting my <laughs> you know what i mean so Anything from, uh, it used to start like 15 years ago, uh, two bookies that owed me money were at the club and they paid for drinks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like that, man. I'm not going to like get somebody to find you. <laughs> but, you know, so it's bought a lot of things, right? Now, I didn't get any money from the bookies. At least I got a drink from them when I saw them at the, the club. So it's currency, being able to predict uh, NFL football games and college games. All right. And this year, the current example is with the money we made from this year, my wife paid close to $3,000 for first class tickets. So take a picture. It's so ridiculous. Nothing uh, I would ever really do. I was expecting to go, you know, regular Southwest Airlines, 600 yeah. bucks round trip or something. And she said 3000 She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used the Bitcoin card for the betting money. <laughs> Delta accepts Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, great. But uh, you make more money from the bets you got wrong than the bets you got right. And sometimes from the bets you got right. So you have to dif differentiate between what was luck, right? And what it was is, um, what was luck and what was skill, right? So... We'll go through every game, and the first game that comes to mind is the Jacksonville game. That we we got the side right, I believe, with Jacksonville and London. Well, that was the week before, right? That was the week before, yeah. Yeah, let me get on the right week here for the spreadsheet. The 39 we got right. Uh, Chad, you got uh, 39 wrong with Denver. 
What did you learn from that game? I'm here. Uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I just – that offense was just really bad. I thought they were going to have – be able to do a little bit more. Um, Dearness Johnson, now you were right about him. You know, a, a USF guy that you knew about. And he was he was really, uh, really special. Got the job done. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, – I, I, I thought the uh, Browns being beat, beat up and, and, and weather would uh, have more impact than it did. But you guys were right. They had enough talent on that team to overcome it. So, yeah, and I look at corporate governance, right? Because it's within fundamental analysis that uh, it's gotten people rich in the stock market. And I felt Calhan was be able to match Fangio from him being, you know, the offensive coordinator, the real one there, offensive line coach versus defense. And then also doing research. Uh, Man, there's a dramatic difference in Teddy Bridgewater's statistics before and after the concussion. And why is he not starting to lock? I'm getting a picture now of Fangio being such a hothead, know-it-all tyrant that that only goes so far in the NFL. So... uh, That's my thoughts on that. So we had week seven. Bengals. So Monday night, as a podcast, we got it right. Cleveland, money line, and the under. Game we got wrong, the totals. And we were better on the sides than the totals. Was Bengals under 47 against the Ravens. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that because it really, at first glance, it looks like an under game. Uh, I don't know if it was predictable by anyone that the Bengals would go up and down the field and dominate the Raven defense the way they were dominated. And similar to Kyle Pitts, maybe it's a strategy. Hey, we got the next Megatron here. The next Julio Jones here. Let's hold him back to uh, a division game. And Jamar Chase came out there. He completely dominated and was unstoppable. What do you guys feel about that game? I watched a lot of that game because I was I was really interested in how that outcome would happen. It was three three or seven. I think it was seven to three in the second middle second quarter. Right. So I'm th- I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this is definitely going under. And then all of a sudden, Cincinnati just. For whatever reason, the light right. went on, and they just, you know, Jamar Chase had a huge game. Uh, Burrow had probably his best game in, in two in two years, in terms of a quarterback and how he went about uh, attacking yeah. Baltimore. So, um, I think we were right on picking the under. I I right. thought it was going to be a 21-17 game, and I thought Cincinnati would win it, which Cincinnati did. But I didn't see forty-one points from Cincinnati coming. You know, right. Baltimore's, Baltimore's defense is always good. For some reason, they just weren't good Sunday. And they gave up a lot, so. Man, Burrow was, got him beat at Chicago with turnovers. So yep. I thought they would dial it back a little bit, and not, but they didn't. 
And but they did this too. There has to be a personal grudge in there somewhere because when Cincinnati had the lead, they kept scoring. Nobody liked <laughs> Harbaugh. Nobody liked John Harbaugh. <laughs> there were some stories in there where uh, Harbaugh just rubs people the wrong way. Nobody likes him. Not just Belichick. <laughs> and Chad Nolan, all offseason long, he was talking about Jamar Chase, right? Did you work out with him or? That was just nah, no, I've never worked out with Jamar. Uh-uh. But you worked out with uh, no. Burrow. Yeah, I worked out with Burrow, yeah. Quite a few times. Um, yeah, I just knew that that was going to be a good, you know, a good uh, situation for them. Because they played just, together in college. Yeah, exactly. Just having that chemistry is just – at that quarterback-receiver chemistry really is what, like, takes it to the next level, like, regardless of talent, you know. So, those guys have that. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be uh, – I'm sure they're going to be together their whole career, if I, if I had to guess. Right. I mean, Cincinnati's so, the number one seed in the AFC right now. <laughs> the number one right. seed. So, I mean, they're an up-and-coming team. They're going to be really good for years to come now, I think, if they can keep yeah. this intact. Well, that's the thing. You know, the Brown family is really cheap. And, I mean, it's a smart move getting uh, a young coach like that who hasn't really coached a lot in the NFL because he's doing, like, uh, Marvin Lewis is doing, like, 15 jobs there. He's doing the scouting. Right, he's he's doing it. Uh, he's making Burrow be the assistant uh, coordinator, you know, because they don't have a staff for you know quarterbacks, coach, and so on and so forth. But uh, he, since he doesn't know any better, they have a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> Zach Taylor, right? So right, here's, you know. the, here's the thing I heard on the radio this morning: is that Burrow went to the front office and said, "You got to get this guy. You got to do whatever." Draft right. him. I don't care about the offensive lineman. Right. Get him. He's a difference maker. Right. And he's Burrow is is showing that he's a difference maker. So yeah. Bur- Burrow's an assistant GM too. You know, it's <laughs> good recognizing that and saying, hey, I'm gonna get away with this. Get this guy. Yep. All right. So this one, this game, uh we all got and I got both sides wrong, which rarely happens. And this is another one. There's two this week that I needed to go with my first instinct. Uh, analytics teams. At one time, I was 23 and 0 in analytics team. So when you're on a hot streak like that, you got to, because all good things must come to an end. You got to see where to go the other way. So I thought analytics teams were going to improve. Uh, the whole analytics thing imploded in Detroit. Quinn and Patricia are gone. Carolina stays in analytics. And anal- the analytics they're using is technical analysis. And no one's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. People have gotten rich with fundamental analysis. But people have gotten rich selling technical analysis. And that's what they do on like CNBC, the Nigerian brothers, all those guys. The reason they're on TV is because they haven't made enough money doing it the legit way. That's why they have to do commercials. You see somebody on a commercial, it's because they're not legit, right? People that are legit, it's referral only because people like a good thing. People like somebody who can make money. So Tepper, David Tepper was so good at selling telecom analysis. He had 23 billion. He cashes out. He still has a family firm which concerns me because he said he was going to retire. Supposedly his retirement job 
is he took $3 billion, $1 billion for his family, great grandkids are rich forever, $2 billion to buy the Carolina Panthers. And he inserted himself as the owner, president, and general manager of the team. Then he gets a college guy, yes man, facing $5 million, right? Uh, Matt Rule. And remember, fundamental analysis, you have to analyze the management of the team to manage your investment. Because every time we, we place a bet, it's really a short-term option. It's an investment, right? Because we're paying for plane tickets to see in lots of Florida. First class, $3,000 for them. Still can't believe it. I still <laughs> wouldn't do it. But uh, he's mentally in the team, and they do 100% analytics on everything. And uh, I remember Scott talking about the roster management. Seems kind of funny. Uh, their last game, uh, Darnold, who has had one good season at USC. Even that season when that wasn't that great. They had like three losses. Uh, it's always good to listen to the radio broadcast because the the usually the analysts on the radio will be honest about the team they're playing. They won't be honest about their own team because they want to not get fired. They'll be honest about the other team. Golak's really good with that, with uh, New England. Uh, Darnold's throwing off his back foot. He had that same problem at USC, had the same problem with the Jets, and now, uh, you know, six years of this, people telling him not to do it, and he still do does it because he, he's getting away with it, right? People do not, 95% of people can't change. And most people don't change unless they have to. And he, he has not changed throwing off his back foot. And last couple of games has been a turnover machine. But the Giants were so bad. They're like, are you going to be able to take advantage of it? And the answer, and the answer still is no. The Giants should have had like 50 points because Donald turned the ball over. He played horribly. He was inaccurate. He's always been inaccurate. Uh, they should have had 50 points. They only had 25. They blew several plays in the red zone. Uh, Panthers should have had a couple more turnovers. Uh, and I should have stuck with my guns. I did it twice this week. Stuck with my guns with that game and kept it under. Should have said that Giants, Carolina, two uh, severely dysfunctional teams. No way this game's going over. I had recency bias from that Minnesota game in Carolina that, that went over. What are you guys' feelings on that game? Um, Donald is. Uh... His path to future NFL employment is as a number two quarterback right now. He just looks so bad right now. Right. Um, you know, they even, you know, they're going to start him again next week, but they're playing with almost no running game. I mean, Chuba Hubbard's okay, but he's not great. They're playing with one wide receiver because Robbie Anderson can't, can't catch a ball. <laughs> and, and when they throw it to him, they throw it five yards over his head. Um, you know, DJ Moore is basically the only weapon they got, and teams are shutting them down. 
Don, I don't know what's going on with Donald. I mean, I agree with you. He's just, it's in his head right now. It's yeah. just in between, in between the ears and he can't, he can't get out of it. And what was your thinking going into the game though? What, what kind of prompted you to go uh, Carolina I, and over? I thought that the Giants were all kinds of banged up, backup wide receivers, backup running back. Daniel Jones hasn't really shown me a lot this year. Um, you know, their defense has, has been um, inconsistent at times, not really uh, consistent enough. So I thought Carolina would take advantage of that. And as we've seen all year long, what do the Giants do in the fourth quarter? They score when they're down by 20 points right. to go over. And that's what I was thinking again is the game would be uh, like 31 to 10 at the time. And then Giants would put in a touchdown or, or 10 points and go and get the over. So right. I, I thought Carolina was, was going to come into New York, uh, be able to, on offense, be able to, to name their score in terms of getting into the high 20s, early 30s. And it did happen because Donald just didn't allow it to happen. He's, he's not a good quarterback right now. Um, so, you know, you got to rethink Carolina and going forward and, and exactly what they, who they are and what they're going to do in terms of betting wise. Um, so that's, that's what, you know, my mindset has kind of changed on the, how to view Carolina in terms of betting purposes. So. Yeah. When I'm working with business owners, uh, you know, I come up one, you know, I go through a 20 strip process and make sure they get it right. No one's ever gotten through the 20 steps that I learned at the restaurant and with uh, consultants that George Steinbrenner paid for me to have. How lucky is that? Uh, and one of the things I go over with everybody is that whatever is really, really good in your social life is bad for business. Uh, so, you know, mother-in-law's working there and I said, okay, this is the value of your mother-in-law working at this company. He's like, oh, I can't fire my mother-in-law. I'm like, that's not my decision. That's your decision. All I did was give you the information. You're the one who left to that, that conclusion. I did not say to fire your mother-in-law. When you talk about Robbie Anderson, right, Temple. When you talk about uh, he, Robbie Anderson can't catch, Temple. When you talk about P.J. Walker, right, Temple. Temple. Now, the fact that Matt Rule is a great guy, great Catholic, very loyal person, that's somebody who you want as a friend in your personal life. Yeah. But believing in these guys, throwing up them on the field, uh, P.J. Walker goes three for 15, while at the same time ruining the, the, the little confidence Darnold have, because I've seen it happen. And, Coach, you know, Billy Martin, people like that, uh, a, a pitcher skinning shelled, he leaves him in there, not because he's going to do well, but salesmen think short-term, businessmen uh, think long-term. He leaves him in there to show, hey, man, I got your back. I thought you were going to get out of that jam. Da da da. And long term, you kind of build that long term rapport. Now, Darnold's talking about getting pulled. He doesn't trust them, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, Matt Rule's doing good right up until that point. And Joe Brady's a good offensive coordinator. It's always dangerous. Kind of saw it a little bit last night with Pete Carroll. It's always dangerous when the defensive guy meddles in the offense. Same thing with Fangio in Denver. You always have to be suspicious. The only one person who's been able maybe to pull it off is Belichick, but Belichick hasn't won without uh, Brady or, without Brady. or Kozar, a Hall yep. of Fame quarterback. What do you think, yep. uh, Chad? 
Are we still talking about the Panthers game, Giants, or are you guys on? Yeah. Yeah, Sam yeah. Darnold. Yeah. Have you worked out yeah, with man. Darnold? He's in there uh, between workouts. With, uh, yeah, I've worked out with him a, a few times. Uh, uh, you know, he can move back to an old farm. Right. Definitely got to rethink the Panthers here um, moving forward. Gi- Giants roster guys in that roster, um, and they can make some stuff happen. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I overvalued either. Um, I think as an under team right now moving forward with how they've been playing overall. All right, so that's that game. Uh, but you see the value of it now because now you kind of think things uh, through. We're probably going to have some pretty low totals coming up, depending on you know, right? On uh, who they're playing, but yeah, that's going to be uh... yeah, because it creates a basis point for their next game because you're like, okay, uh, you might go over on them in the next game because you say, oh, uh, you know, I read where they've been practicing on uh you know special teams they're going to try to block a punt they're going to get a kick return they're going to try to do more tip drills have a decent score so it doesn't mean that based on what we said you can go under next time however the people with the best information win it this gives a lot of data points a good foundation to make it uh your next decision on the giants and uh the panthers because really in my mind it's more like the Panthers lost rather than the Giants won the game. And that goes into the four wins that each team has built in. doesn't mean they're going to win four times. It does mean they're going to cover four times. Uh, Washington, I ended up getting him. I said I was going to get him whatever it's going to be before as the uh, Packers fan. I'll go to the neighboring states casino and bet on the Packers. So this went from plus seven to plus ten. Ended up getting it at uh, plus 11. Uh, and I felt that Washington, uh, Green Bay was going to go under 49 because of the style of the two teams and two teams believing in complementary football. So the game ends up 24 14, right? Packers could have scored more points, but it's complementary football meaning that they want to limit the possessions that the defense is on the field, right? To keep it as much as intact as possible for the playoffs and division games. So that came out. Uh, Rivera uncharacteristically went for fourth down three times inside the 20 instead of kicking the field goal. He kicks the field goals, three field goals, right? 14 plus nine is uh, 22, right? 23, yep. That means that with the ball, last possession of the game, he has a chance to win. So that's normally his thinking. For whatever reason, whatever got in his head, you got to read up on that. He decides to go for it, fourth down. He doesn't. And this is what I don't get. 
three times inside the 20, he decides to go for it. The fourth time, he decides to kick a field goal. Down, down by down by 21 points. Go for the touchdown, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you got to lose? Right? So didn't that make sense? Uh, so I'm chalking it up to luck factor versus bad pick. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's just Washington's a tough team to read. They have they have some talent on the defensive side. They have Chase Young. Yeah. Their front four is is as good as anybody else in the NFL. You know, offensively they got a good running game. They got McLaurin. Um, they got Heineke that that's not playing bad a bad brand of football. It's just no. those little mistakes they make. It's it coaches, right? You know, the false starts, the holdings when they have a big play. Right. It's just shooting them in the foot right now, and you know. They're you're so tempted to take them every week, and then you gotta sit back and say, What's gonna be the mistake this year? They're the charges of this year for sure. The right. charges in the past have been to make the little mistakes, lose the game at the end, you know, coaching decisions and stuff like that. And this year, Washington, for whatever reason, is that team. Rivera's it looks like a desperate coach right now, trying to win games. You know, he's making he's trying to force things into the team that that just shouldn't be like you said if he kicks those field goals they get the ball in the last two minutes you know they got a chance to to go down the field and all they need is a field goal to win the game right and you know the decisions he makes in the earlier part of the game are coming back to bite them at the end so uh, green bay was very vanilla i think green bay was looking toward this thursday night's game against arizona so they they were very vanilla they didn't run the ball well rogers had a had a good game uh, passing wise, but they were certainly looking toward this this Arizona game as a as a, as a measuring stick for them. So um, Washington couldn't capitalize in, the, in that, you know, bit them bit them in the in the butt, bit betters in the in, in the butt as well. So yeah, and, and looking at it from a financial standpoint, uh, if Green Bay, right, which is a publicly owned team, uh. But they're strapped for money. If Green Bay can get home field advantage throughout the whole NFC uh, playoffs, they have uh, no travel costs, which for whatever reason, because they're cheap asses, <laughs> take out loans on the team, uh, owners hate travel costs in the playoffs, right? Goodell should pay it out of his own pocket just to stop them from clamoring. And we have more competitive games out there. And that team's trying to tank to make sure they don't make the playoffs because they don't want travel costs. Uh, but, yeah, that's that. And you got to watch the refs now. And, the like, Chad and I were watching the NCAA tournament. <laughs> we watched the refs. What refs are making calls for who and what conference. Got to watch them in Washington games for what we came out with the Gruden thing, right? And uh, the NFL is losing a lot of credibility uh, because of that whole situation on a lot of levels. And it all starts from Daniel – Snyder in the Redskins. What are your thoughts, Chad? Yeah, man, I, I just still think, too, we, we were all kind of high in Washington earlier on the year, and here we are just seven weeks into the season. We're still kind of just trying to figure them out and accept how wrong we really were about them. Uh, right. <laughs> just not 
not too what we thought they were. Offense, super vanilla. Uh, I mean, Packers, for them to be that as vanilla as they were, not run the ball well and get in there and recover, uh, you know, kudos to them. I think they can, they can do a lot, you know, with less or just kind of, right. you know, not even maybe show up all the way and still cover some spreads. Right. Yeah, that's that's that was that's pretty impressive how how they did do that. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's all I got on that. I think I, I need to really check myself with Washington. You know, and, and even just with laying points, you know, uh, last week I was kind of you know big numbers. I just kind of went with the dogs on a lot of those numbers, and um, you know, like it worked, it worked for the Lions well as a good pick, but you know, not not so much with Arizona. Uh, with the Texans in Arizona, uh, here was another big dog. You know, I thought they could keep it close. Uh, just got to kind of check my thinking on that, and with, uh, with just Washington. Yeah, both games, right? Uh, and we'll get to the other game a little later. But both games were one play away. Davis Mills just makes one five-yard so, pass, right? Boom, they're fine. Right, because the defense got a safety. The defense was literally playing light, lights out. So it's just one play away. But honestly, is what Davis Mills is not going to make that one play. So that's really the pick. Davis Mills will not. He's incapable of making that one play. Arizona's going to come. So that's the right way, I think, to check your thinking on that game. This game, literally, uh, there was a fourth down, which I think they made it, and the rest said they didn't. And, of course, they go to the league office. The league office is like, uh, the whole groom thing, you guys got that trouble. Of course you didn't make it. <laughs> so the Redskins don't get called on the field. They got no help from New York or the replay. All right? So uh, that one, they literally, if he kicks the field goal, if Green Bay misses a tackle and they don't wrap up, right, and the guy on fourth and whatever gets to the end zone, boom, they cover. So – those those are very just one play away. It wasn't like we completely got it wrong. Uh, the next one on the list is under. We've done better on the sides. And that was uh, another one I, I don't feel bad, bad about. Atlanta and Miami. Uh, Atlanta just sat back and waited for Tua to make mistakes. Tua, stare, again, Another young quarterback not learning from mistakes. Nick Staten, I told you, I bet you he got in his helmet, screamed in his ear to look off the safety. He didn't look off any safety. They easily read his eyes, intercepted the ball, they went the other way. The other problem with Miami was that, that game was in unusual, even hot for Miami. It was 95, yeah. 100% humidity. In the team, uh, well, they're notoriously cheap, but the owner did not want to pay for the facilities if the team was going to be on a buy. He's like, why am I paying for the electricity or you guys are on the buy on the beach enjoying themselves? So they refused the buy coming from London. Atlanta coming off a buy, right? They were going to have the advantage in the fourth quarter. Now, what made the game go over was Atlanta as dominant as they were? They just give up some plays in the zone, right? Two things, right? Cal Pitts, Cal Pitts uh, at Florida 
The reason they didn't play him was because he's a criminal and he never goes to class and he had a bunch of problems at Florida. They said, listen, you're going to play this last year and the second the game is over, you get the hell out of here. We never want to see you again. We don't want you to even think about coming back here and not going pro. But he has a, he is a combination. This is what the radio guy from Miami said. He's a combination of Megatron and Julio Jones. And I've been hearing this about him since he was a five-star, right, about, you know, his physical talent. And uh, he proved it in the second half of the SEC championship against Nick State, where he single-handedly brought Florida back and scored, like, you know, 28 points in the second half. And there are four touchdowns by Cal Pitts. He had, like, 250 yards catch just in the second half. He's unstoppable. So why didn't they use him until <laughs> a few games ago? Now they started using him. Everybody sees he's unstoppable. And he uh, was unstoppable and scored those two what seemed like easy touchdowns. And the only reason the game got over was because Matt Ryan was holding the ball like a, uh, like a, what did he used to say? Like a, like a loaf of bread. He put it on the ground. Miami goes in and score. Nobody's stopping anybody in 90 degree heat, 95 degree heat, 100% humidity, right? Teams are done at the second half of the fourth quarter. If he would have held on to the ball, that game goes under and Atlanta wins. Again, one play. So those are three games that were one play from covering, right? So what do you guys think? Luck factor or bad thinking? I don't know what to think with Atlanta. I mean, Ridley comes back. They don't, you know, they're not throwing the ball downfield to him. They're throwing him very short. Pitts is the only guy. They took one shot with Gage in the second half. He scored a touchdown, a long touchdown. But, okay. you know, Ridley's not getting the ball down the field. And and I'm he thinking, going through the process, saying, okay, if Ridley's not getting the ball down the field and Pitts wasn't used – as well with Ridley on the field, that Atlanta might struggle against Miami's corners. Right. Didn't happen. They all of a sudden Pitts has been unleashed. They found something in London to unleash him and they and he he's catching the ball 20 yards down the field. Right. Uh, he is a beast. I I know he's a beast. I mean right. he's he's an athletic freak. Um you know and the and the game proved out Ridley didn't catch the ball down the field. He caught a short touchdown pass in within five yards. He uh, so that offense hasn't unleashed yet, and you know Patterson's been been a revelation for them at running back, but Davis hasn't done anything. That you know they're not getting contributions across the board. They're just basically now it's Pitts, Patterson. You can't even say Ridley's contributing a lot because he could four for twenty six on Sunday. Right. So that's with the touchdown. So that's not really a lot. So I here I am thinking Tua's got all this surrounding him. I thought Tua would show up. And he made mistakes that a young quarterback makes. He's he's locked into a receiver and he stays on him. He doesn't look off. He, you know, he he doesn't go to his third, third, second, third, fourth progressions on offense. So, but I was thinking that Miami would have just enough to beat Atlanta by a field goal. And it didn't happen because Tua made those mistakes. Um, so, and I think Atlanta, again, the the plan of this this pod. You got to rethink. You got to rethink right. teams, and they got to rethink Atlanta, and uh, and going forward. 
and what they can do on and off, you know, on and offense and defense. So, you know, I like what Atlanta's doing on offense right now. I think they could be a 30 point a game scoring team against teams like the Miami and the Jets and the Patriots and teams like that. So that's where my, my head was at with that game. Right. Uh, again, the uh, Miami uh, radio guy was saying they're bracketing Ridley. So you leave Pitts wide open. You try to bracket Pitts, Ridley's going to be up. And other people that have, right? It's just making sure Matt Ryan doesn't turn the ball over. And I think they're fine. And they're playing good defense. Uh, another element is that I know Belichick did this, and I, need, I needed to do more thinking on it. Coaches have plans for each part of the season. I know Gruden does every four games. So the first four games, the, the film's irrelevant. I'm thinking Belichick for sure. And I should have thought of that. I kind of thought about it. I'm like, is he going to do it uh, after four or five games? The answer is after six. That was the real Patriot offense. Everything you've seen has been pretty much a farce up to this point. (laughs) The real Patriot offense is what you saw last week against all people, the Jets. And I keep forgetting that Bill Chief's like an old man. You know, he has an old grudge against the Jets. Because I'm like, is it really still got the grudge against the Jets? They don't have the same management anymore, same new people. He doesn't care. He sees green. He keeps that grudge he has over the Jets. He got cheated there when he was defensive coordinator. Then they made him coach after cheating him. And then he cheated them after being head coach and took the Patriots job. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game, Chad? And you're thinking going into the game, what we learned so we can uh, feel yeah, humiliated so, now, embarrassed now, but make money later. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I, uh, I was I got I bet the Falcons earlier at minus two and a half. Um, so I ended up losing because they only won by two. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I was on the wrong side of that. I, I think the Falcons were the right side, just with everything you know that would with Miami coming back from London and Tua just coming back. Um, so. For me, what really is like it, it is really important to get the best number. You know, I could have got one and a half before the game; that would have covered. I could have right. took, you know, Josh took the money line um, and, and got got it that way. You know, so I just think it's a reflection of how important, you know, really getting on the board early, you know, and, and getting the best. You know, even though it's over I mean, half a point and a point come in, it comes in one or two games almost every week. So. Uh, that's my thing. I just really got to maybe just play safer with the money line or just do my best to get the best. Uh, well, that was classic, right? That's the, the, a classic example why I do that. I'm going to Florida, and I understand that my uncle-in-law, he is going to be late for the dinner. He's going to be late. There's no, he's going to sit, tell us, say, 3. He's going to show up at 3.30. And he's going to say about something that happened to the honey-baked ham he makes every year for Thanksgiving. He's going to have a story about how it burnt, how the oven wasn't working right, and that's why he's late. And I already got the cash. I'm going to give him $100. He's going to ask to borrow money. I'm going to say, no, you can have this $100. We have it all ready for you. Cash. You do not have to get it back because we know you're not going to pay. Atlanta's the same way. They had to leave. All they have to do is run out the clock. And 50-year-old quarterback decides to roll out. Come on, man. 
just just take your sack. You're 50 years old. Why are you rolling out, Matt Ryan? And, he, and no ball protector. You're 50 years old. You've been in the league 100 years. You should know that you need to protect the ball. He holds it like a low. That's why he hasn't won a Super Bowl. That's why Brady beat him in the second half. Those details like that. Uh, he didn't take care of it. He doesn't care. He's made $50 million in the league. Arthur Blank, after the game, oh, I love that, Ryan. He's my – I think he's better than Brady. He doesn't get the, the – the, I was like, all right, great. You know, that's why you've been divorced five times. And you're now you're almost broken this last divorce. They're about to take the team from you because you're thinking that way, Arthur. He, he's not doing the hot thorn effect. So that's Atlanta. So you can't – classic example. You cannot trust Atlanta with any points. Uh, we talked about the Patriots. Uh, got the side perfectly. Two things I got about this, and I'll go to you guys. What do you guys think about this? My bad thinking, Robert Slay. Uh, his, his defense, I knew it. His defense has been horrible. He's supposed to be a defensive guy. He's, he wasn't the real coordinator in San Francisco. We all know that. It's John Lynch, a Hall of Fame, Tampa 2 guy, Monty Kiffin. He's a guy that designed the strategy for the defense. A guy like Slay executes it and motivates the guys on the sideline, right? Before that, Ken Norton Jr. was the defender for Seattle. And after the 12th game of the season, every year, the defensive coordinator for New England becomes Bill Belichick. The defensive coordinator for Seattle becomes Pete Carroll. You see them with the headphones. You see them making defensive calls. You know, it was funny to see Belichick after all these years making the defensive calls in the third or fourteenth game. This year, he he just had papers because <laughs> he doesn't take over till late in the season. Same thing with Carroll. So Robert Slay was the assistant linebackers coach in Seattle. He becomes for one year the defensive co- coordinator for uh, San Francisco. Next thing you know, he's the head coach of the Jets, and he was embarrassed. And another thing, I should have done more research. This is the second time they played the Jets. Belichick has meticulous notes on what they could take advantage of, right? Robert Slade did not make any adjustments. And it showed, right? Uh, Mike White, and I got to look at my biases because Mike White, I love Mike White. Mike White used to come in with USF down by 21 points and just throw the ball. And he won a few games like that. And because we had a, uh, uh, a defensive guy that was recruited by Satan for a cornerback, we told him he could be the starting quarterback in day one. Mike White had to transfer to uh, Western Kentucky. Broke records there. I think he's better than Wilson at this point. Uh, so I didn't think they really lost anything there. Uh, they were horrible in the red zone, right? Because Billichie did the adjustments. Robert Slade didn't. So uh, Belichick had things Jets-specific. That if you look at that film, it's going to be worthless moving forward. And because it was such a uh, organ, that's a perfect example of corporate governance making a difference. The game went over, and it was such an embarrassment because it was such a mismatch between the governance and uh, the coaching between Robert Slay, who's only been a coordinator for one year, and Bill Belichick, who's won seven Super Bowls. 
What are you guys' thoughts on that game? I knew the Patriots would win. I didn't see 54 coming. I mean, right. it's just, the Jets are just – they're a train wreck. I mean, they're a train wreck on offense. They're a train wreck on defense. I mean – And defense do, is supposed to be his thing. Yeah, you got to do something against the Patriots to to slow them down or to stop right. them. You know they're going to run the ball. Put put nine in the box. Put eight in the box. Right. Make them throw the ball. Right. And for whatever reason, they didn't do it. And – if this is the way the Jets are going to be coached and this is the way the Jets are going to go about games the rest of the year, they may not win another game. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I, you know, I know Zach Wilson's a young quarterback. I know Mike White hasn't played a lot in the NFL, but that coaching staff never gave them a chance to, to succeed. Right. Um, so uh, my ticket on the Patriots hasn't changed a bit. My ticket on the Jets has, has changed a lot. It's changed a lot, basically, for the you know the last game game and a half. Um, you got to rethink them when you're betting them. Uh, you got to look at the point spread. You got to look at the team they're playing. I mean, they're going to they're playing Cincinnati this, this coming week. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it, if that game plan is it stays the same, they're gonna have to change something, right? Because you know they trade for Flacco. He's not the answer. He's really not the answer. This team doesn't need Flacco. Yeah, he's washed up. Yeah, he's this thirty-six-year-old guy that had next, I believe, next surgery. So, I mean, I just, I just think that the the Jets were just way overmatched in that game, and the coaching disparity showed itself big time in that game. Right. And they made mistakes too. When the, and the, the coaching staff for the Jets just didn't. Okay, go ahead, score, score again, score again. I mean, it's fifty-four points on an NFL team is is unheard of, unheard of. So. That's my thinking. No, 100%. And uh, Robert Slay again. I say next week he's going against Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor yeah. was, uh, you know, he's been offensive coordinator for years, right? He was offensive coordinator in Miami 2015. Yeah. Then he's 2017. He's with the, with the Rams, right? Yeah. He's with the Rams. He's with McVay. So that's like Gruden coaching three, LaFleur. Green Bay, Gruden coaching tree versus uh, Robert Sly that I really don't think he really has an identity as a, as a coach, right? right. Uh, right. You can only take that Pete Carroll thing so far. Pete Carroll has a very simple defense, and Pete Carroll's Pete Carroll, right? Enthusiasm only goes so far, and enthusiasm works for Pete Carroll. You yeah. can't just try to mimic Pete Carroll. Enthusiasm can only go so far. What do you think, Chad? That game going over, we probably that game going over, and we should have picked it over because of the talent uh, disparity. Not just the talent disparity, but the coaching dis- disparity, and that uh, really, in a way, Belichick. But he has a staff. He kind of over uh, analyzed this game. <laughs> he had every single thing that just did wrong, and he exploited it for a touchdown. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Chad? Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just think, man, that coaching mismatch was something that we did not look at enough. Like, it was a huge mismatch, you know. And that's a uh, that's like the telltale sign of like a good coach, right? Same exact players, um, but way right. different outcome there. Uh, you know, coaches that can win, you know, with less, with equal or less talent, you know, 
and I think Belichick just yeah dialed up a he just complete showed the uh, the, le- the levels to, to the coaching world and uh, something that we did not look at enough. Uh, and I think if we were looking at that harder, we probably could have seen him. You know, we we knew New England was going to win the game. We could have seen seen him putting up a big number like this and then getting over. So right, and the difference because people will say, all right. Uh, you guys got it wrong. Houston covered. And you guys got it wrong on the over on this. But you learn from that and you relearn things. Because I knew to know and not to do is not to know. I knew that Belichick going to the Houston game is going to play 100% vanilla and is going to put it on the team to say, listen, we're going to purely, and uh, you coach basketball, Scott, so you know this. Yeah. We're going to not scheme. We're just going to play simple John Wooden. Fundamentals, <laughs> fundamentals, right? Box out. Uh, exactly. Hustle, you, right. As a coach, you basically know after one quarter whether you can play vanilla or you have to try to out-scheme the other coach, basically. Right. right. Based on the talent that's on either side and stuff like that. Right. So, And Belichick, Belich- no, no. You know, he schemed it up, and he schemed it up for, for 60 minutes. Because he has and, a process, and it was a – uh, home division games, home games yep. count for two. So yep. those are different teams in the in in uh, division versus non-division game. And Houston is a non-division game on the road. Exactly, exactly. And Andy Reid's the same way. Yep. All right. Uh, Raiders. We had on the money line. Uh, Eagles. And we thought that game was going to go over, but it actually went under uh, 50 points. I overestimated Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is in the same boat. He's not Burrow. He's in the same boat with Tua, with Justin Fields, with uh, Wilson in New York. He hasn't passed that. And it doesn't help. (laughs) that your management has made it, it – I mean, fine, they want to go after Deshaun Watson, but no leaks, man. Loose lips sink ship. Everybody should have shut up about that situation. It should not be so public that management thinks that Jalen Hurts sucks. And I think now it's bleeding onto his performance and even what the coaches are letting him do because they're like, what are we going to put on film with something we do – when this guy that might not even be here next year. So that game was going under because Philadelphia was going to do absolutely nothing. I guess a very average Raider defense, but they're smart. Gus Bradley's smart. He's going to uh, give exotic looks to Hertz, right? And play zone and let him make mistakes. What do you guys thought about that game? We got wrong that the, the it was going to go over when in fact it went under. So I agree with you. We have definitely overestimated Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. He misses his reads. He can't, he has trouble reading defenses. Um, when he's up against a very good defensive coordinator in a Gus Bradley, right. he has problems. And, you know, Devontae Smith, he should be getting the ball in his hands a lot more. He's not. They should be running the ball a lot more. They started off the game great, and then they went away from it because of game script. Um, 
if you notice in games, they get down. And in the fourth quarter, that's where Jalen Hurts' production comes in, in games. And that's a problem. And the other, on the other side, there was no Darren Waller for the Raiders. And they still took the Eagles apart. So I, I, my thing is, is I think we got to reassess the Raiders. And are they a little bit better than, than we even thought. And maybe they are. And maybe they're going to put up a lot of points during the, all year long. I mean, they've been putting points up. They put up a lot in Denver. They put up a lot against Philly. They put up a lot opening week against Baltimore. So they're an offensive team right now that, that's going to be tough to contend with. They're 5-2, and two and they're, they're a really strong team. And their defense is not bad. The defense is, is underrated in my mind. So they're an underrated yeah. team. They're yeah, an underrated and, team. Yeah, and I misspoke. We, we picked the under, and it actually went over. And it's because of what Scott said. The Eagles were down 30-7 to seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah, it was just garbage stuff in zone, and it's interesting you mentioned the script because you know uh, the uh, Miami uh, color guy Joe Rose he got uh, fined because he said that Tua sucks after the fucking script they write for him at the beginning. That... <laughs> <laughs> so I had so read what's going on with these quarterbacks. They have these scripts in the beginning of the game. Notice that against Dallas. It was so obvious where he stares down the receiver because it was on a script. Safety reads it, boom, interception. Same thing happened to Tua, right? Yeah, and I, I read read something in an article online that the Miami color guy was was blasting Tua almost the entire game. Not good footwork, throwing off the back foot. He can't right, that's what I was listening to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't be doing that stuff. You can't be doing that stuff. <laughs> Unbelievable. And cursing while he was doing it, too. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. maybe he got paid by the uh, general manager for, you know, justifying going after Deshaun Watson. Last place Deshaun Watson needs to go to is Miami. But... Oh, no doubt. No, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, uh, so, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the game, Chad? We, we picked the under where we should have gone over. I think it's about picking the games last week. I think the league, the Raiders, man, the league that 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 new expensive ass stadium. The league wants them to do good, right? It's kind of smite, you know, and, and they're getting Gruden back. Um, so I I think you're gonna see. I think the Raiders are one of the top teams right now in the AFC. I think they're gonna be a legit competitor. Um, and, and I mean they're, they're and and then yeah, with the, the Eagles on the other hand. I, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, they're just offense is just not, not looking like it's going to be anything that can be a, a competitive NFL offense here. So um, they, they really got to, you know, get back to the drawing board to figure that out. Right. And coaches know other coaches watch film, right? <laughs> Coach has uh, – offensive coordinator has a lot on the line. He's not going to show anything of what he does – Put it on film. He knows the guy's not going to be there next week. <laughs> right? It's his career. He's not going to do that. Uh, Tampa Bay, minus 12. We had the over 47. Uh, we misjudged. My opinion, I misjudged. Uh, I thought what happened in the Eagles game was going to happen with the Bears. 
but the Bears have absolutely nothing. Their offense really is that bad. It's hard to process. This is uh, the week that I process how bad people in college. I I process how bad the Washington Husky offense is, and the Bears reminded me of the Washington Huskies. It's just being horrible. And Nagy's supposed to be an offensive coach. You would think, right? He would figure something out. They only scored three points on the road. And then I'm measuring the weather in Tampa because I'm going to be there. Thinking we have to bring an oxygen tank to come from California to Florida. 91 in Tampa, uh, 85 humidity, and a tired Tampa defense. They, they still didn't do anything. These are tired backups because almost the whole secondary for Tampa Bay is hurt. And they still did nothing. He was running again down by 30 points. Why is your franchise quarterback running down? And I think something's wrong. With it. it's, it's funny. I always felt like uh, Nagy has some serious mental health issues. Because my wife's a psychotherapist. <laughs> she talks about people with severe mental health issues all the time. And Nagy seems like one of those people that's in a high-paying position making millions of dollars, but he has really bad mental health issues and people want to notice things. Because he does, like, the stupidest things before halftime everybody talks about. And you have your franchise quarterback running down by 30 points. Right? I don't get it. What do you think, Chad, Scott, that game? We should have picked the under. And the reason why it's under, because Chicago's has a – College high school offense is not legit at all. My opinion is I don't think Fields is ready to play an NFL game yet. I think he needed a year under. I think he needed a year on the sideline before he was ready to take the helm. Right. Um, but it had to happen because of Dalton's injury. Now Dalton's healthy. I, I'm almost saying go back to Dalton again and let Fields, but if you take him out, do you ruin his confidence? Do you do you ruin him as a quarterback? I don't know. It, it tells me a lot when Chicago is running the ball as much as they're running the ball in the right. game. They, they're down three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and you're running the ball. I mean, Khalil Herbert's a good running back, but you got to be throwing the ball in that situation. Allen Robinson has been relegated to a nothing wide receiver right now. I mean, Mooney, that passing game is, is not good. Um, Brady took advantage of it. Brady took advantage. And they could have put another touchdown or two up, oh, yeah. and they, they, they didn't. And that would have hit the over. So, right. um, you know, Brady takes advantage of those situations. He, he's, he's really good at when a team is down, putting them away. And that's exactly what he did. But this is all about Chicago right now. You, you can't pick Chicago with any confidence the rest of the year. Um, in any game based on yeah. their one-dimensional team right now is running the ball. I mean, they should go back to Dalton. I, I think they, they need to do something with fields. And I, I think maybe going back to Dalton is the, is the way to go because you're going to keep getting pummeled 38, three, 31, 10. I mean, that's what these games are. I mean, green Bay should have beat them by more and they didn't. Right. So, um, three interceptions by fields. Yeah, he he's just not he's like the other young quarterbacks. He's just not reading defense as well. He's not coming off his first progression and going to his second, third reads. He's not I mean, he's not being smart right now with the ball and it, it it's killing him. And they moved up in the draft to take this guy 
and they must feel some some semblance of they have to play him because that's the only thing I can think of as to why they're playing him. So you well, can't the, think the, the team's being sold, right? Yeah. So the team's being sold, they, they cut labor costs. So probably the guy's managing the trust saying, hey, you're going to send this much money for the guy, you're going to have to pay, play him or else the price of the team, team goes down, down. and we yeah. lose millions of dollars on the sale. Yeah, and I've looked every week now. I'd look at the Chicago Bears um, team score prop, right? Because it's gonna if it's if it's at twenty or right around there, you gotta bet the under. Because I don't think they're gonna hit twenty the rest of the year with this guy. No. So. And you got depending on the number, depending on the circumstance, because you never blindly, but you start thinking under, because there was a game that was gonna go over. It was this game because Tampa Bay put thirty-eight points on the board. With ease, you would think at least to get a garbage touchdown at the end versus against back backups of backups. <laughs> Tampa Bay's exactly. like starters weren't even in there, and the guys taking um, places for injured people were out. So yeah. basically, they were playing guys off the street, and they couldn't get a garbage uh, touchdown off them. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I think we were all over Tampa Bay here. I mean, they. We knew they were going to whoop their ass. We were all over that. And, man, I, I really chalked the total off as luck. I think that game should have went over. Uh, we were sitting there the whole fourth quarter. I think, you know, there were still three minutes left in the third quarter. All we needed was a touchdown. Right. Uh, so, I mean, just uh, – and, and Tampa had a couple chances. They didn't put it in. I mean, I, I don't know. I really, I really feel like that game's over. Like, you, if, we, we could have got a garbage one out of uh, – Bears could have got two out of the Tampa Bay. With the, right. The, where those defenses are at, uh, banged up and on the deck chart. That, 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 that's, that's luck for me there. I think that, that should – the over was the right side the whole game. Yeah. We had the right thinking in that game. Bad luck. Uh, one I put in that same category, we talked about it before. It's uh, Houston. Davis Mills. Needed one play out of Dennis Mills. We knew uh, the under was uh, the under was the under was a lock. There's no lock there, but there was a high probability up to eighty percent that the under was going to hit. Right, that that was never an issue. The issue was could they cover a college spread of twenty one points? Again, we knew how the line was going to be. I think that game started like plus sixteen. And got bedded up up to 21 points, three touchdowns. Lovey Smith is a proud man. He loves that Tampa 2 defense that he won a Super Bowl with. Uh, with actually, it was with the Rams when he was defensive coordinator uh, with Dick Muriel. And then he got Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl with that defense. So Lovey Smith dialing it up. They're playing hard for him. And they have a 5 nothing lead. Uh, they're all over Kyler Murray. And a lot of teams are going to use that blueprint on how to stop Kyler Murray, similar to what San Francisco did to stop Kyler Murray. So that's their kryptonite. But Davis Mills cannot make high school throws. He could not do anything. And I thought he could at least make one throw. He got maybe a little bit better than that Carolina game. And now we know that Carolina did that win that game. That game was lost by Houston, right? Uh, so one play he couldn't make. So I should I should have agreed with Scott on that one. I said, you know what? Davis Mills 
is that again, like the Washington offense, Washington Husky offense, and the Chicago Bear offense? I have to realize reality, right? Easter Bunny, uh, Santa Claus is not real. Davis Mills is really that bad. The Chicago offense is really that bad. The uh, Washington Husky offense is really that bad. Beyond per se. What are your thoughts on that game, guys? Actually, so, Scott got the side and the total right on that game. <laughs> so he's from Stanford, and that Stanford coach is pretty good. Yes. As far as I know. Yeah, he gets a lot of guys in the NFL. Yeah, so I thought that Davis Mills would at least be equipped to handle what was coming at him, but it's obvious he, he can't. He's the same yeah. another young quarterback who has trouble either with the speed of the game, with the um, reading defenses. I don't know what it, what the trouble is, but um, you know they need Tyrod Taylor back. <laughs> Bad way, and that that's a that's a lot to say because Tyrod is is not a great NFL quarterback either. No, he's but he's made in the league last nine years. Kudos to him and his agent. Exactly, he, he's been in the league that long. Yeah, and he took Buffalo to the playoffs that one year. Right. So, I, I just I just think that Houston, you know, we knew they were going to tank. Jim Jim Coventry said it before the year started. He did it. Uh, the draft. He hit it completely, and I, I didn't think they would be this bad. I think I thought they would have one or two wins by now, and you know, then you know they have one win. I thought they'd have another win, win or two, but for whatever reason, they have. And Davis Mills is, is doesn't seem like the solution to their future. So they're going to have to re go back and and look for the future quarterback because I don't I don't think this guy is it. Um, you know, Arizona no, no controlled way, no that way, no way. Yeah, Arizona controlled that game after the first quarter, basically. Houston did nothing. So, um, Houston needs to reassess what they're doing, uh, you know, with the uh, quarterback position. Um, they're going to be a team that's going to be a heavy point underdogs every week now, I think. They're going to be double digits almost every week now. So, it's it's up to the better whether they want to um, take take the points uh, or uh, – or take the favorite. So that's that's my my thinking with Houston. They're not a good team right now, not at all, because of the quarterback. They're good on defense, but they're on yeah, the field they're... way too long, and the the quarterback is way too pathetic. Yeah, and that's the sore thumb of the team that that shows out every day. Everybody looks at it, says, "How's the quarterback? He's, he's awful." Okay, well, we're not going to bet on that team. So, or you can't. It, it just depends because if you. They're ready to play Carolina. <laughs> it's going to be interesting uh, against Jacksonville. Tyrod yep. Taylor uh, playing against Jacksonville. Uh, Indianapolis is an extremely well-coached team. Yeah, Not as talented as Frank Wright makes him look. You put another coach on there, I think Colts are winless. What are your thoughts, Chad? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, man, one thing I wish I were really – would have stuck out to me more before the game was that, you know, it was DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. You know, they both used to be on the Texans. It's kind of, the, you know, playing their old team. Um, right. You know, both older guys, been in the league for a while, spent some good time there in Houston. You know, I think that that played a role on their teammates all week in practice. I think the guys were juiced up. I think the, 
think the Cardinals really wanted that for those guys to go just get a dominating win, um, you know, cover a big number like that. I think that played a big role in something that I uh, wish I would have kind of focused in on a little bit more. Uh, it got, you know, that number early and, and got like Arizona minus 16 or something or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I take away from that game. Right. And also in the back of my head, I should have acted upon it, was I knew Detroit was going to cover that big number. Usually two horrible teams do not cover a big number like that. One will yeah. and the other won't. So if just yeah. went one the other way, I would have cast that ticket. So the last two games we got wrong. I'm going to find out whether it's bad luck or bad pick. Uh, 49ers minus three versus the Colts. Uh, overestimated. I overestimated. Uh, Garoppolo being again, same thing as Davis Mills. So I gotta check that, right? So, in my mind, when I say all I need is a quarterback to make one play, that's all I need. Can this person do this? And the answer is no, Davis Mills. And the answer is no, Garoppolo. What are you guys thoughts on that game? Yeah, Garoppolo has regressed in my mind. I, I don't particularly think he's he's a great NFL quarterback right now but I, I don't know if Lance is the solution to for that team no um you know fans are saying he's not no nobody's saying he is yeah Garoppolo's got weapons all around him he's got Debo he's got Ayuk he's got you know when Kittle comes back he'll have Kittle um and they just didn't do much on offense at all I mean outside of Debo Elijah Mitchell had a great touchdown run but I don't know what to think of San Francisco. I mean, Shanahan is, you know, is usually a great offensive mind. And then on offense, they look very vanilla right now and very, very out of sorts. So, um, you know, I think Indy is starting to play well. I think Indy's got some pieces that can give teams problems. Um, I think they're a team that could be a really good second half bet for a lot of, a lot of people. Right. I think they're going to play really well in the second half. They got Tennessee this week. That's a huge game for them. So, you know, the, and their schedule is not that tough. So I, I think they could put together a nice win streak here. That was a great win for them in, in adverse weather um, against the San Francisco team that usually plays a lot better in a prime time situation. And, and Indy just took it to them and dismantled them. So, Yeah, and uh, Shanahan, you know, he doesn't care – what defense or scheme he has, he thinks he can run the ball on people. And Garoppolo has the advantage of that. He has, you know, people uh, stacking the box, making it easy for him to make that one play. And I thought he would, but he didn't. So I think that was an error in uh, judgment. All right. I think Chad dropped off for a second to get a uh, better connection. Uh so I would say back bad pick on my part. I should say, okay, uh, two great coaches, but Garoppolo right now cannot make that one play. And the other thing is San Francisco needed to win the game. I mean, right. they need to win. They're falling behind here. They can't they can't fall much further behind. I mean, Arizona is seven and zero right now. Rams are six and one. Right. <laughs> they're taking that division by storm and they're they're leaving the other two behind in the dust. So yeah, it's gotta and, get it together quick. And Seattle's not an easy out. Pete Carroll's not easy out. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that's a tough division to fall further behind and lose a home game like that. 
And it was Garoppolo. He threw interceptions. The fans are getting mad at Shanahan because, you know, he's, he sat down one of the better players and nobody knows why. Uh, that, that doesn't look good right now. Uh, so, bad. I would say bad pick versus bad luck. But I'll learn from that now. Now I'm going to look at it a little harder when I say, okay, this guy just needs to make one play. The fact that I'm saying that means that guy sucks really bad. <laughs> right? Uh, Seattle plus five. That was easy. And uh, we talked about this one before. Uh, when I go in my head and say, okay, this is, got two old school coaches, non-division game. One of them is playing the backup. And the way you beat that Seattle defense is running the ball. That's under 100% of the time. The only reason I said over was my recency bias because of what I saw between the same type of scenario with Pittsburgh the week before. And that game got kind of crazy at the end which makes me very skeptical now of that Steeler defense, maybe the depth of it, and their ability to play in that fourth quarter. So I would say bad pick versus bad luck. Uh, Seattle plus five was going to happen for what I just described. Two old school coaches, non-division game, that, that spells running. Running a lot and not putting on film what you do in the passing game or really what you do in offense. Save that for home division games and division games in general. Uh, what is that, your thoughts on that? Bad pick or bad luck? Bad luck. Bad luck. You know, who <laughs> knew Seattle coaching staff was going to say to Gino, we have no confidence in you throwing the ball. We're going to run right. the ball 12, 13 straight plays. He's a veteran. He's playing illegal close to a decade. Yeah, and then that first passing through to DK Metcalf that went right. for an 84-yard touchdown, I thought, here we go. Gino's going to have a great game on a prime time. And he's going to get Seattle, you know, back into some sort of playoff race. Didn't happen. They right. they just had no, for whatever reason, Pete Carroll lost confidence in him and said to the offensive coordinator, I want you running the ball. Right. And the defense played great. Um, Alvin Kamara went off last night against them. He had a great game. Right. Um, but I, I just think it was, it was, we didn't see coming what Pete Carroll's mindset was going to be, which is, Gino, I don't trust you. You're not throwing the ball. You're going right. to turn and hand it off 13 times. And even I was in the radio broadcast, even Kurt Warner, the color commentator said, they have no confidence in him. You know, right. why, why are they not throwing the ball? You know, if I'm a, if I'm a quarterback, I want to throw the ball. I want, I want to be the difference maker in the game. And, he, and Pete Carroll just didn't want that to happen for whatever reason. He wanted to play a, close to the vest smash mouth game where maybe if he throws the ball a couple of times in those 13 plays they get down the field and kick some field goals they can take control of that game and win it and it's up in seattle and seattle's a tough place to play and now they're zero and three in seattle so you got to rethink that as well as you know it's the theme of the theme of the podcast is rethinking teams and and you know right. like jack you know so i mean tomorrow night we'll talk about the games that are upcoming but um, Seattle just is not a good team without Russell right now. They don't have that dimension to, to throw the ball and, and a quarterback that can bail them out in the fourth quarter of games that they need. So Now, 
and they only threw it 22 times. So they didn't throw it a normal time. You have to throw it about 30 times. I can almost understand it if it's a, a, a backup who wasn't supposed to start and he's in his first year. Yep. Maybe you do that. But you're talking about a veteran, a guy who's won a lot of games in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and you have a good defense. And uh, I remember uh, Paul Westhead, because he talked about, remember back in the day, Loyola Marymount days, where you see uh, three seconds in a shot. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gathers and all that. And they were asking him about that. He's yep. like, well, back east, I used to have that office where you threw it, you know, you passed it 100 times. And the guy that was wide open would shoot it, but you're putting too much pressure on that guy. Exactly. When you play that style of game, you're putting too much pressure on your kicker. Right. You're putting the whole game on the kicker's shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Not a quarterback or a football player on the kicker's shoulders. And you tell what happened last night. The guy choked two field goals and they lost the game. And my opinion too much is – pressure for him. Yeah. And, and my other opinion is, is they don't have the running game that can carry them. Right. Alex Collins and Rashad Penny are not guys that are going to – they're complementary backs. They're not number one backs. And right now, no Carson, no Wilson. You know, they can't throw the ball. They have Geno turning and handing off. Those guys can't carry that team for, no. for games on end. So, I mean, they got to rethink what they're doing. They, they got to come out and throw the ball and throw it a lot, you know, coming up this next game. If they don't, they're going to score 10 points max and you're going to look at them and say, okay, until Russell gets back, I can't bet them. I can't. Right. So. Now, and uh, for us, it's worth betting. If you live in the past, you die in the past. Exactly. Right? Yep. And what Brady said about Belichick not being able to evolve, Carol, he said it in the book that I read. He says he's not going to change. Yeah. Right. And uh, Russell Wilson was going to walk. He said, you got to give me an offensive lineman because uh, Pete Carroll's philosophy is that you can have below or average talent on the offensive line. All they have to do is hustle. But the NFL has changed a lot where everybody has good players. So I would, I would think he won the best of the best. And Russell Wilson made him do that, go out in free agency and get one offensive lineman. But that's just one offensive lineman. Yeah. Now Russell yeah. Wilson isn't there. Right, and you want guys to hustle on the offensive line. Uh, maybe that's what, a reason why they were hesitant to throw, right? Yeah. Because of his philosophy. And on this podcast, we listen to each other, right? Listening, very important. Emails, yeah. learn about reading emails. When you're the president, general manager, and head coach of the team, <laughs> you're scouting the guys on the offensive line. Yep. If an assistant coach says, Pete, man, these offensive linemen suck. He's all, oh, what? I picked him. I went to the combine. <laughs> what are you saying? I don't know how to judge talent. I've been to the Super Bowl. I'm three national championships in a row. And that's a problem. I know John yeah. Schneider is, I think, the only person he listens to. Which is yeah. like, and, and with them, you got to think, how how much longer is Russell even playing in Seattle or, or before he retires? You, you're losing these years with them. So. And you, that's a guy you don't want to lose years with. And then these wide receivers, Metcalf and Lockett are really good, really, really good. And, you know, if you're going to run the ball 35 times a game, you've, you're wasting the talent with them. So, right. Right. You know, so you have you have to evolve with the times. I mean, it's just a simple way. 
So the right play, really the right side of the Pittsburgh game was under, and the right yep. side again, stay consistent, was under on this game. Yep. That's a bad pick on my part. But we, we want to improve uh, 10 to 20%. Yep. We hit our 59%, so we want to get 79 80% uh, tomorrow. Tonight, right. as we do our research, pick games, and then tomorrow, giving you the information, giving you the timing, which games to bet now, which games to wait, and the whys, so you can make your own good decision exactly. in life. All right, so exactly. before we close, any closing thoughts before we come back tomorrow night with a big podcast? As we give everybody no, I think, dinners on a high percentage. I think things are starting to flash and blink in red lights in terms of the NFL right now. Right how to go about betting i mean it's it's clear as day this week was just a, a a blow to the you know look at these teams look at the seattle look at a carolina look at a giants team look at those teams and and what they can do in their offensive schemes and personnels and that'll that'll give you a leg up and you know we'll discuss it tomorrow night when we start making these picks no big time big time so we always close with Winston Churchill. I love the, the Hawthorne effect. You learn so much. Absolutely. Especially when you challenge yourself. Short-term loss, long-term gain, right? Get the short-term yep. loss of humiliation, of feeling stupid. <laughs> but then you, you feel that you take the body blow and you learn from it. You feel the pain so you do not make – and that's another reason we get such a high percentage. We do not make the same mistake twice. Yep. Yep. Right? And that's huge. So we close to Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thanks for listening to the USPC podcast.